Lerang would like to apologize for his terrible microphone and also the echo you might hear at some points is entirely his fault. Um, well, I can give my own opinion. Um, <laughs> you will get depressed uh, from the very start of the, of the show, I guess. And, uh, well, it's a chicken chess club, so, yeah, if you don't, if you can't stand playing badly, don't play. You both have been very, very helpful. Thank you. <laughs> Peter, do you recall the, the nude beach in Palanga? What happened to the nude beach in Palanga? Well, it basically came to a fight with an elderly woman, if I remember correctly. Hello, everybody. I'm Grandmaster Jan Gustafsson. Welcome to the third episode of the Chicken Chess Club podcast, where I'm once again joined by my dear, dear friends, Grandmasters, Peter Hein Nielsen and Laurent Fracinet to talk about everything chess. Laurent, how are you doing? Did you play Bundesliga over the weekend? No, I'm on vacation actually. So in the south of France, a lot of sun. Uh, it's great. It's very enjoyable as, uh, as always. <laughs> you will get depressed uh, from the very start of the, of the show, I guess. Uh, I'm but, depressed by uh, your I'm, audio okay. already. What are you recording with? I'm 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 testing a new new microphone. Uh, this is my traveling uh, microphone, which is not <laughs> great. So I apologize to you guys and to the guys who are uh, listening. So I, I, I will let uh, Peter speak more than usual. Wow! How is life, Peter? Ah, life is so so. I mean, on the good side, uh, last week the the golf season started in Lithuania, but. Uh, I played so much that, uh, well, actually, the first two holes I played so well, I thought, okay, I haven't played for se seven years, but I seem to have improved even so. That was unfortunately not, not the case at all. And I think everybody who's done the same in chess know how, it, how that is. But I played so much, I got a shoulder injury already, so I had to take medications. Then I have been uh, ill with fever in the weekend. Uh, I didn't eat for two days, which is kind of a, a record for me. So basically, it's been a crappy week, and uh, well, work-wise too, as we will get to uh, such. So no, I'm not really, not really doing uh, amazing like Laurent. I'm already annoyed by both of you. I'm vacation in the south of France, golf season. Oh no, I hurt my shoulder playing golf. I played Bundesliga. I made two draws. I fell into a deep depression about not being able to play chess. What am I doing with my life? Sitting in German trains that are three hours late. It's been great. <laughs> Yeah, I saw your games. It was a bit. Uh, you were pressing, yeah, the, on Sunday, but it was close. <laughs> thank you, thank you. That means a lot. Pawn up. <laughs> yeah. I no, I don't know how it is for you, but yeah, it's. I haven't had much practice, which of course will be an excuse. But I still feel this deep dread when I miss such basic things, and I also need so much time to decide on any any random move, it's it's rough. Any advice, Laurent, for adult improvers? No, I, I don't know, I don't know, yeah. Take a phone with you, I don't know, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I mean it should be, should be banned, yeah, to play without uh, an engine. I mean, we are used to, to check openings with engine, and then it's very difficult to, to think by yourself, simply. And I think we all have the same issue with that. So, yeah, it's to, to make a decision, a very simple move. Takes uh, three to five minutes. Uh, I wish. And you get in time table and uh, you, you don't know what to do. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, 
the lack of practice is just uh, the worst, I would say. Well, uh, you can go my way. I mean, if you want to avoid uh, playing badly, just be inactive and don't play at all. I'm, I'm, I'm simply on the inactive list. I haven't played chess for more than two years. So, uh, ah, it's a it's difficult game. And, uh, well, it's a chicken chess club. So, yeah, if you, don't, if you can't stand playing badly, don't play. You both have been very, very helpful. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, in Bundesliga, is there anything to report? My team, Baden-Baden which on paper at least is the strongest team. We won both matches, but I played board four. Normally I'm like board eight, I think, yeah. out of our top 10 in the lineup. They've played four four games total. So I'm not sure, Baden-Baden, that's the approach. We need some big guns. Give me board eight. It's called Moneyball. You put in the guys who can give you the titles uh, and such, right? I mean... I don't know, but I was also shocked to see you there, to be honest. I've played with you a lot of times, and you normally sit a bit lower, right? But uh, it seems to be enough. <laughs> barely, barely. <laughs> Speaking of more positive Bundesliga things, I think last week I called out Nihal that we need a result because Pragnanandar was shining, Bukesh was shining, Erigaisi was shining, and he delivered. He showed up in Bundesliga, beat Mamed Yarov. Good job, Nihal. Yes, it was a very good game, a very technical game, like some Queen and thing where he played. He kept, it was a draw, but he kept on, I mean, it was Dorish, but he kept on asking questions and very good questions. So that was very, very impressive for him. And the main story of the, of the Bundesliga weekend, I guess. Does that change the Indian talent power rankings or is it still the same? Uh, they they actually they just put out the lineup for the Olympiads. I actually forgot uh, where Nihal was uh, put there, so I don't know. I mean, at least they have their own internal rankings. He's on the second team with Pragnananda and Gukesh, while Erigaisi is the only quote unquote young gun on the first team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Since we're talking about it, Vishy was not was not in the lineup. He's not playing, right? Uh-huh. No, no. Which is weird. Do you have any information? I mean, he will be the captain? No, I don't know. But, um, well, I don't know. if I mean, well, I guess Vichy will be the ambassador there to to some extent and such, right? Uh, I don't know which role he he will have there, but um, I guess it's normal to let the the, the youngsters play in a way also. I think he has paid his due and... uh, uh, sort of uh, been the the founder of a new well generation in india and such uh, he's uh, he's not that young anymore so choosing not to play seems rather logical and fair to me come on Laurent, you know that pressing peter for any information on vichy is hopeless we've tried many a time on many a topic nothing nothing yeah. to get there no chance that's tough. Mm-hmm. all right let's move on to the chess of last week The Champions Chess Tour ended, and it looked like it was a battle between Magnus and Pragnananda for first place. Magnus being a bit sick, or at the very least on camera, it looked like that. But then he won his match against Pragnananda. Looked like he was on track to take it all. But it didn't didn't end smoothly. He lost to, to our boy Jordan. Laurent, were you surprised to see Jordan beat Magnus? We've witnessed some blitz games. Yeah, but it's always like that, you know, in training. It's very, it's what I said to, to Dubov, actually. 
they were going to play this blitz in Isle of Man, and I told him, okay, if you play against Jordan, it's you, you will lose. You will lose for sure. We know the story because uh, basically Jordan had a lot of troubles playing against um, Magnus and uh, Dubov in the blitz games of our training camp. But uh, yeah, when it comes to to official tournaments, it's a different story. So it was, of course, a surprise. But uh, well, uh, Jordan is a obviously a, a, a very good player but Magnus lost as well to to Shakria in the last round mm-hmm. which I think he has such a big score against uh, Mamediaov at least in classical and I guess the same in rapid so that was really surprising because when it's an uh, important match generally uh, Magnus deserves I mean like uh, he, he delivers I mean like when he when it's important he just wins Peter, any insight information? Was he was he sick? Did something go wrong with the prep? He didn't feel it was that important. What what happened? Um, well, I can give my own opinion. Um, yeah, sorry, that's not what you were asking about, but uh, I'll do it anyway. Well, I saw Magnus as quite dominant at times in the event. For instance, he completely crushed the winner, uh, Duda. Uh, no doubts there. Well, Long mentions the the match with. Um, Jordan, but he was doing well there, but he made an incredible blunder. He, he, I mean, he think he played Rougay too, and uh, Jordan just took it, right? I mean, yeah. basically just uh, drops a Rook instead of uh, having a, an overwhelming advantage. I forgot the move, maybe it was Bishop A6 or something like yeah. that. Uh, and, well, there was too many blunders. Also, the match to uh, Lequan, for instance, was uh, based on a, on a blunder. And, uh, well, they they were costly in, in that sense. But when Magnus was good, he was still uh, dominant, I would say. Then, well, you asked about the openings, and I can say, well, that they were not uh, ideal. So you can see that as some kind of self-criticism. I mean, we can't, you know, come up with powerful stuff like 1F3 all the time, of course. But, um, sure. yeah, I mean, no. Well, I would definitely have liked to, to help more if possible. But... Uh, Anyway, let's not be too flagrant here in Chevy Chess Club. And, uh, well, Magnus said it, that, well, he needs not only to be the best, but also to constantly prove it. And, uh, well, I think you could see that he's still the best, but he didn't prove it in, in, in this event. There was too many blunders, and, uh, well, he didn't win it. And, uh, oh, I agree with Fress that um, normally the matchup with uh, Mahmoud Yar, who has nothing to play for in the last round, should be brilliant in the sense that this is someone he, he usually quite dominates and such, but uh, wasn't the case. And uh, well, then he, he didn't win. Fair it's enough. time for Peter to apologize for his sound because now he is. I can't hear you uh, too well. I just heard that you, 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 that you agree with me, which uh, makes me happy. Oh, but in, in a way, for the uh, on the positive side, it's nice that, uh, I mean, it's not Magnus winning, so uh, the competitive interest just uh, is coming back a little bit because just Magnus was just winning all of them. And it's nice. I'm happy for, for Duda because it's always uh, very enjoyable to, to watch his games. I mean, it's very entertaining for, for, for the audience. I mean, he's just taking a lot of risk and uh, uh, playing for win in every game. So... Um, so in a way, I think for the championships too, it's a good news that Magnus is not winning all of them. Yeah, it was a somewhat strange last round because Magnus and Pragnanda went into it with a one-point lead, but then they both lost their matches fairly clearly. 
And then the battle all of a sudden was between Duda and Le Kuang. Le Kuang, had he won his last game against Jorn, I think it was tied one and a half, one and a half, he would have won the event, but he didn't manage and Duda prevailed. Yeah, I agree. Always fun to see Duda play. Very exciting chess style. Still surprising given how, yeah, Magnus had dominated the match against against Duda that he didn't come through in the last round. But it happened. We talked to him. Also, I would say a bit of a comeback for Duda, right? Because sure. uh, he won the World Cup, qualified for the candidates. But since then, he had a rather rough spell, I would say. He hasn't really sort of, at any point since then, uh, reaffirmed that he belongs to the absolute world elite and is a contender to qualify for a world championship match. But uh, now he did uh, well again, I would say. He had a great start in the fight, and then he lost this big game to Mohamed Yara from a winning position. And that, I think, yeah, slowed down his momentum. Mm -hmm. I would like to just contradict you. Uh, as always, he finished second in World Blitz, which was he played a match uh, against MVL for the title, so that was not that was good. Result. Uh, you will tell me it's Blitz, but still, you know, it matters. All the uh, best players in the world are, are there, so few results. And he's doing generally well in this uh, championship, too, actually. Last two months, he lost in the final against Magnus, so that was good. Okay. All right, on to the next tournament, the America's Cup. That's that's chess. I thought I was saving. And Karana won won the America's Cup. I haven't seen much. I saw this game. He won against Dominguez, which was a nice opening idea, of course, and some some lines he showed. Yeah, congrats, Fabi. Anything to say about it? I will start with the saying the same I just said about the Duda, that it's uh, great to see Fabi back in good shape, and now he's a serious contender to win the candidates. But I guess Lohan will contradict me, so we'll just switch over to him. No, no, not at all, not at all. I saw your face. It's pity sometimes that people cannot see uh, Peter's face. We, we should only put the Peter's face when I'm, I'm talking, actually. And <laughs> it's very disturbing. So, uh, yeah, no, Fabi, uh, he beat uh, Aonian in the... The final match, another good game. He won few, I think, points. So I agree with Peter. Uh, it's great to see uh, uh, Fabi, uh, who seems he really had a, a tough period. And uh, now he seems to be back. And again, uh, he will play in Ganches 2. We'll talk about it later. But uh, I think uh, it's excellent timing uh, before the candidates. Wow, this is becoming such a love fest. Not since... Commentating with Peter Leko, I've heard that much. Great to see he's in good shape. He's such a good player. Like uh, you're rooting for everybody. I thought you're rooting against everybody and for Magnus and Ali Reza in the one Yeah, no, I'm personally I'm rooting to have uh, all people from candidates. I mean, I'm really uh, already said in the two previous episodes. I'm really looking forward to the candidates. So I want everybody who's playing candidates in great shape and have maybe the. The nicest uh, tournament of the of the year. So that when Ali Reza wins, it's well deserved against stellar opposition. That's your plan. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I, I just want to make a remark. We are sort of mentioning that uh, it's good to see Karana in great shape before the candidate. I just want to point out that uh, the candidates he won, he wasn't 
awful shape before the candidates uh, in Wigansi, while the previous one that he didn't win, he was in great shape be before it. Uh, well, do we believe? I mean, do we actually believe in this kind of uh, form matters to that extent? I think so. Also, Wigansi was an outlier before the one he won. He had been crushing left and right, with the exception of Wigansi. And he was the favorite in most people's minds still. So I would still think that, yeah, extended results do matter. Maybe not one single tournament. And I agree. I agree with Jan. Uh, sorry, Peter. And uh, and Vikanze is a very special tournament as well. I mean, it's very long. If you start poorly, then it's very difficult to find motivation. So I don't think you can take... Uh, I think uh, Bukais will be a better... Let's say it's a normal tournament, like you have nine rounds. I mean, it's not that long. It's uh, a pretty normal weather in Bucharest, I guess. So, <laughs> I mean, in, in Vikanze, it's so easy to get depressed. I mean, every time I went to Vikanze, at some point, I was depressed. E even me. Me too, but <laughs> had nothing to do with Vikanze. <laughs> I mean, well, what you're talking like, Vikanze, like it's completely impossible to be there. I was going for long walks and the Beast, uh, beach and the, the forest every day and such. It's uh, like 10 degrees. Yeah, you are very happy. You go to the beach, you see nobody. You go to the forest, you see nobody. <laughs> you go to the streets, to the city, you see nobody. I mean, like, you are very happy, but... Uh, Feels like Palanga. People, they don't... Yeah, no, but it's like it. you're portraying, like... Uh, well, I have been to Wike, like, 10 years ago, when it was uh, incredibly... You know, snowy or windy, and you have to stay inside to the hotel all the time. But it's really not like that uh, at the moment, I can say. But uh, ah, okay. I would recommend everybody to visit Vikansay during the tournament. It's pretty lovely, I would say. With all this forest talk, it's a little off topic. But Laurent, we sometimes have this debate out of Team Magnus. Who do you think is most likely to be a serial killer? Yeah, but we, we, we had, I mean, there's no debate between us. Uh, Jan? Uh, I just so, did it for I mean, Peter's I, face, so I'm not sure it's worth it. Yeah, we know, we know. Uh, <laughs> we know. You, ca you can make a poll. Maybe we, we, should, we should make a poll about that. But for me, uh, it, it's very clear, I think, for you as well, Jan. But let's let people decide. No? That would be an interesting poll. I've never heard this discussion before. And I would like what, you've been present multiple times? I really don't think so, and I'd like to distance myself from it. But uh, go ahead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's what a serial killer would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Apologies. Um, this Bucharest, that's the Grand Chess Tour, starts on Thursday, so tomorrow. Big podcast of the lamb. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, many, I mean, three, three people were um, qualified uh, for the candidate. So uh, there is Aliesa, Fabi. And uh, Nepo, it will be very interesting to, Rapport to too, look I at Nepo. No? Sorry? Rapport as well? Ah, Rapport as well, so it's four. Sorry. I apologize on that. So, But, I mean, the main, the main for me, the main uh, interest, I mean, two two of them will be very interesting to, to watch. Uh, Nepo, first of all, because he didn't play a single uh, classical game since uh, the match. So, probably... He has a lot of uh, prep to show. Will he keep it for candidates? Probably. But it will be interesting to see in which shape um, uh, he will be. And also, uh, Ali Aiza, who made such a long break uh, since, actually, uh, European Championship, which was last November, I think, right before the match, actually. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so both of them, uh, it will be interesting to uh, to watch. And there are, I, I don't know what, what, what do you think about uh, Nipo chances in candidate. I mean, it's very for me, it's very hard to assess actually if he has like uh, uh, I don't know, just no chances or big. Ch- I mean, like how he will recover from the match. It's very hard to judge for me. I saw Danish, uh, sorry, now Scottish Grandmaster Jakob Orgo was uh, tweeting and he gave Nepomniachtchi 3% chances. That is uh, somewhat low, but uh, well, interesting topic to discuss, I would say. Yeah, I saw some odds which I had have forgotten by now, but it looked like Ali Reza, Fabi and Ding were all given a significantly better chance than Nepomniachtchi by the, by the bookmakers. I'm torn. Like, Nepomniachtchi, it might be in his disadvantage that it will be most likely 14 rounds in a row, and historically he sometimes struggled a bit at the end of longer tournaments. But I also think he will have all this where championship prep and training, it hasn't been that long ago. So he's he's done the work and he's had time time to rest, recharge. And we know if he wins some games, how how dangerous he can be. To me, it felt a bit low. I would have him pretty much on par with these guys with bigger swings possible in either direction. I mean, 3% for me is too low, but uh, I definitely think that there is at least three players who is better than him. Uh, in the, and I'm talking about, well, uh, Ali Reza, Fabi and Ding in no particular order. So, I mean, for me... Well, you can talk about three favorites, and then you can mention a couple of uh, outsiders, perhaps, and he belong in the outsider category. But of course, with three who are bigger favorites, uh, the, the the percentages start dropping off quite quickly, and such. So I probably have him on, uh, let's say, a single-digit uh, percentage number, but three is a bit low for me. Right. Laurent? Yeah. So that would be that would be in any way interesting to to watch. Uh, how he's doing in, uh, yeah. in Bucharest, if he's in shape or not. Uh, I think before the match, in, in between candidates and uh, the match, he only played in Norway chess, uh, which was a disaster, simply, mm-hmm. uh, except the games with Magnus. I did uh, a couple of those. But, uh, yeah, I don't expect him to, to do that well because uh, he, he, he lacks motivation for, for such events. This was my... I mean, now now that he lost the match, probably his only only goal is to, of course, uh, uh, to gain the right to challenge uh, Magnus or someone else um, again. So I, I'm not sure he will be uh, very motivated for that tournament. And okay, uh, let, let's see. The start will be probably very, very important. Uh-huh. So it's a good point that Ali Reza we haven't seen since he had this uh, brilliant streak of uh, games, right? I think he had. Three, three tournaments in a row where he performed uh, Radiant two. Saints 2. Yeah. And uh, no, it's a long break, especially for such a young player and such. And um, well, uh, it's difficult to say how that will affect and it's going to be interesting. No, it's generally just a very interesting uh, field with a lot of strong players. And uh, I guess it's the biggest group of top players uh, who's played a classical tournament in co- quite a time. You can argue Wyke, but of course Wyke is a more mixed field in a way. So, uh, well, except for Magnus, it's uh, and, and Ding, uh, basically the whole world elite is there, right? So it's very interesting. 
There's also what Ariasa is doing actually. Like, ah, sorry, go ahead. No, um, tell us your thing about Ali Reza taking half your break and then he comes back and crushes. Yeah, exactly. Where is he? That's what we want to know. He's only 18, but uh, it's what he does. I mean, he did it before the Grand Suisse and the European Championship. He did like four or five months back. So that's how it works for him. I mean, like, he's playing all these tournaments. And then recharge battery, probably a lot of training. And then he's coming back. And so far it works. So um, let's see. It's, it's an interesting strategy. I don't know what, what you... I mean, some people need to play more, but... Uh, for him, so far, at least, he's very young still. It seems to work perfectly. There is quite this something at, at stake for him. I mean, imagine if he keeps crushing and wins the candidate, right? I mean, then he's manifesting him as at least the world's second best player at a, a very young age, uh, obvious challenger with Magnus and such. Well, he can really jump uh, forward uh, career-wise even higher than he is now. Or if it actually turns out, let's say that uh, Ding and Fabi is uh, quite stronger than him or does better in the event, he would put kind of a hold. I mean, it would be logical if he's quite nervous, uh, I would say. We'll see. I wouldn't think for the candidates, maybe. I wouldn't think for that one. No, no, of the course. Stakes will feel so high. Mm -hmm. um, there's also another tournament starting, Sigemund, which is one of those where we usually say it's a fun mix between young and experienced players. I just want to see experienced players. Have have the old guys kick Jordan out there. Kick is Neil still young? Eh, kind of young. Kick Ar Arjun Erigaisi out there. Kick Niemann out. Put older guys in. Adams is there. Shirov is there. Navara. Navara might be team old by now. I don't know how old he is. Like in his thirties. What yeah, do we expect it's, from it's from that event? Adams and Shirov could actually play senior events, right? Yeah, I think yeah. So I mean, yeah. Oh, it's very interesting field and very very funny well, on the paper when you, take, when, when you take the picture, you have a family. Yeah, Sigemund. Yeah, well, it's a nice event played it numerous times. I think I have actually. I think actually I have won it even uh, wow. once. But uh, well, it's a traditional uh, event. Uh, yeah, but I wanted to make that point. Okay. I only played once, but I won it. I'm okay. sure, 2014. So you so both won Sigemund. Yeah. But Lord, did you ever win sure. Hastings? <laughs> no, but uh, did you win Sigemund or not? So let's say, who, if I won Sigemund? Yeah. Yeah, I did. And, uh, well, Carlsen played. Who was the strongest when you played? Hammer. Yeah, okay, I think I'm winning this one. Yeah. <laughs> well, Magnus actually beat me there, but I somehow managed to get Kurt Hansen to blunder an exchange that moves six, and I managed to, to win the event in the last round. I'm not sure. Um, no, he actually blundered an exchange that moves six, I think. So, but uh, anyway, I wanted to play Siegemann tournament, but uh, for sort of doing a lot of good for chess in my region, but you completely distracted me like that uh, now. But no, it's a closed event in, in Malmö, Sweden, who really has uh, 
brought in a lot of, a lot of interesting players and, and mix of players for, for a long time. And it's more sort of an exclusive event played in a sort of nice surroundings and stuff like this. Uh, and um, no, well, I know I completely lost a friend because of the long ago. Uh, over to him. Good stuff. Nice tournament. Who's going to win? <laughs> I'm sorry. You said... No, but let, let me let me come back to, to what Peter said because he said, like, I probably won Sigerman or something like that, which made... Yeah, me feel that he was not sure or trying to be modest or something. So that's why I, I interrupted you. But okay, yeah. uh, so, sorry about it. But it's a very nice tournament. Uh, actually, I agree with you. I think and, Jordan. Uh, uh, yeah, this mixed field is uh, typical. Oh, you're saying Jordan? Yeah. I think Eric AC will just win everything he plays. That's that's my take until proven wrong. Mm, then I will take Eric AC as well. <laughs> good stuff. I think it's good. Good odds for me. But yeah. The Grand Chess Tour is becoming part of the candidate cycle. The two first finishers of the Grand Chess Tour will join the candidates in 2024 and 2026. Is that a more pleasant subject for you, Peter? Not really, no. Uh... I mean, yeah, no, well, we are getting into to, to feed the talks uh, already and such. But, um, well, there's a lot of issues uh, with it in a way. I mean, well, one thing is that, no, you can say that, well, it's nice we get someone to organize uh, the qualification tournaments for, for the candidates. And why not take some of the best organizers in the world to, to do it? But we saw what happened um, with Isle of Man. Isle of Man used to be an excellent tournament for a lot of players. They would pay fees for, for, for players and they would provide extra events outside of uh, the official cycle. And what happened then was that Isle of Man instead became an open tournament inside the cycle. So um, simply just an event disappears from the chess world because we don't have uh, the qualifiers because uh, well, we we lose Isle of Man because it becomes a qualifier instead, and it's the same here. Well, we used to have well, FIDE had to put up their own events, and then we would have Isle of Man and the Grand Chess Tour uh, on top of that. Now we have Isle of Man and Grand Chess Tour as qualifiers. So the chess world, and that by that also the players start losing events uh, again. To to sort of uh, speak of my friendship with Geary, he actually sort of uh, said it's, it's exactly true. And uh, well, he used to get, let's say, a very good fee for playing uh, Isle of Man, but now he has to play it for free in order to try and qualify and such. So I think from a player perspective, uh, it's not ideal at all. But when it comes to the Grand Chess Tour, that's a tour that's been around for, I don't know, seven, seven eight years. Uh, so, sorry if I got that wrong. It feels like it's been there for a while. And it mainly features the world's best players anyway, right? These, they shouldn't, they don't have such trouble with having enough to play. No, like the schedule has been, has been rather, mm -hmm. rather crowded. What's the format? It's two classical tournaments and then a bunch of rapid tournaments. And how will it be counted? Do the, does the rapid count? Like, I think. It's still under debate. Uh, again, uh, Scottish Grandmaster Jakob Ogo was uh, sort of getting into a Twitter infight with the uh, General Secretary Emil Sutovsky on Twitter about where Ogo was pressing. Uh, I mean, well, who's going to 
be allowed to play in the Grand Chess Tour? What is the format going to be? And such. And I think uh, Sotovsky's answer was that, well, we will inform you about that when we have finalized the deal. And I think Ogor was arguing, well, then there is no debate, no transparency or anything like that. And, uh, well, anyone who has uh, followed me on, on Twitter for the last 10 years will know that I, I agree with such. But uh, You have no, people you... that followed you on Twitter for 10 years and they're still there? Uh, I wouldn't think so, but uh, there is still... But some, it, seems, some... it sounds like Ogor is, t- is trying to take your job on Twitter. No, so just... I see more as supplement. Don't worry, Ogor has also, I think, blocked me before. I mean, we have also argued a lot and such. But, um, I mean, well, I think it's our sort of common Danish uh, upbringing that uh, cares a lot about transparency and, and, and things like that. But I think also it's a very good point. Uh, well, what I argue a lot against is that, well, remember before the last FIDE elections, we would say that it's a complete disgrace that uh, World Chess has gotten the right to organize the, the World ch- uh, Championship in many ways, and this uh, right should solely belong to FIDE. But now, a few months before FIDE elections, well, we are sort of outsourcing it to uh, someone else. Well, I really like the guys at the Grand Chess Tour, and I trust them and such. But I think, in principle, you shouldn't start, uh, well, outsourcing these things, especially not uh, a few months before an election. You can get your democratic uh, sort of uh, mandate renewed, and then you can do it. But just to do it shortly before you can be kicked out of office to make long-term deals on behalf of FIDE, I think is generally democratically disrespectful. And I agree with Ogo that if you do it, you should at least do it in a very transparent way, which they're not. So, uh, oh, of course, I think this is uh, this is not how things should be done. But unfortunately, it's maybe very typical to do, to do it. And, um, well, you can argue that also FIDE used to have a lot of Russian sponsors. They don't have that anymore because of the, the sanctions. So what else does FIDE have that is very attractive? Well, candidate spots is incredibly attractive. And using them to sort of uh, create allies and friends is, of course, extremely tempting. But I think it's wrong, no doubt about it. So what's the way to qualify for the next candidates? The these Grand Chess Tour spots, they would replace the Grand Prix spots. So there's two from there, two from the World Cup, I'm guessing, one from Isle of Man. I don't know if it's one from Isle of Man. Two from Isle of Man, yeah. That's six already. What do we know about the World Cup? I don't know anything. I'm just trying to no, figure out what the call I, 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 is. Actually, actually, I don't think... It, was it clear that these two spots uh, for Grand Tour will replace the two spots from FIDE Grand Prix? That's what I'm asking. Maybe, I would assume... Yeah, no, that, that we don't know. There is no transparency uh, despite the best effort of... Uh, wow, Laurent uh, complaining about transparency. And, uh, and Peter, ask, uh, to ask uh, Sutovsky um, on Twitter, which is, I mean, a weird way to communicate... Uh, from Sutovsky, why, if you don't get all the infos, wh- wh- why do you communicate on it? I mean, like, uh, why not uh, you just wait for a couple of weeks and then when everything is clear, you announce it and you say, okay, this is how it will work and so on. Uh, now he's saying... But that's what later. Peter is saying. No, they have to figure it out first and then they'll announce it. I thought Peter was criticizing the opposite, that there's that people should have more of a say in the process. Well, I understand, but uh, if, if, if you decide not to uh, consult uh, a- a- anyone, then you better uh, announce it in one go. I mean, like, okay, you say argue, it's how it will work. 
there should be a bidding procedure that could be other organizers than Grunches Tour who would like to have it and such. All right. It feels like we're already in the middle of our favorite segment, What's Wrong with Feeded this week, Peter. What else is happening? Is there a new candidate? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's going to be at least two two candidates for the Fide election as... Uh, um, Fume uh, from Togo has uh, announced that he's uh, challenging uh, Dvorkovic. Um, I don't know much about him. He was uh, part of uh, Dvorkovic's uh, team who was elected in um, 2018. So I un and I think he was uh, the director until May uh, 2021, maybe feed a general director. It's, it's a bit difficult for me to to sort of uh, know the exact uh, differences with the feeder titles there. Um, but now he's running against him. But, I mean, in his statement um, that he's running, he's also very much praising uh, how, how things have been done in feeder and, and such. So it's a bit uh, uh, un unclear to me, and I don't know much about him and what kind of uh, things he stands for. But it didn't uh, remind one of the, the previous elections where... I mean, the candidates was going incredibly hard against each other. So um, I don't really know what uh, I should say, but uh, so maybe someone else should say something. Do, do you know what is the deadline for uh, running? I actually have checked that, yes. Uh, <laughs> I think it's... Uh, <laughs> I forgot That's why I was asking. I forgot if it's two months before the, the elections. Uh, something. Two like months, it. yeah? Yes, yes. I, so it's so pretty, I, pretty soon, yeah? Sorry? Yes. Um, it's very soon. It's one month. One something month like this. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually read through the, the rules and there are quite some, some interesting uh, ones, if I remember, but I don't have them present here. Um, well, also in this week, um, someone announced that she's not running. Um, my, my wife made a Facebook post uh, saying that she's not running for FIDE president. There has, uh, there has apparently been some rumors circulating that she would uh, do that. They, uh, at least to my knowledge, definitely not started by her. And, uh, well, it doesn't combine with her present job as uh, Speaker of the Parliament of Lithuania. But uh, this has seemed to have been uh, running in uh, in some circles. She has gotten uh, questions uh, about it and such. And she, well, decided to make a, a statement here, I think, Saturday, that she's, she's not going to run. But, um, well, there is rumors that someone is gonna run. I have read somewhere on on Twitter, but uh, I have no knowledge of of it. Uh, it would generally, from a democratical point of view, be good if there was uh, opposition to well, I think uh, well to to have the view that we sh well to for those um, who wants to have a completely different uh, feeder than now has someone to to vote for. But uh, uh, I don't know anything about that. So no Carlson Nielsen or Smilita Nielsen ticket is what you're telling us. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be a Carlson ticket, but you're trying to, to start a good rumor there. But, uh, ticket again, just for ticket, no? Yeah, that's <laughs> what it was about, this podcast. Come on. Vote the CCT. Come on. Again, when you, uh, like, if you mention Nielsen, are you talking about uh, Schmilita Nielsen or Nielsen? Uh, no, I meant Schmilita Nielsen Nielsen. Ah, like, but again, if you talk about a Carlson ticket, uh, which Carlson are we talking about here? Henry Carlson Nielsen. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, that will be for later. Yeah, who, who knows? Um, well, why not? Hmm. Um, indeed. Uh, well, you managed to derail a serious topic, but uh, well, it's not. That Always happy to. Um, 
Anything else in the feeder segment? There were some fights between, uh, I mean, you, I know you are following more, more than us uh, on Twitter. There were some fight between, I mean, fights, if you can call it, uh, fight between Kayakin and Sutovsky. So what's your, uh, what's your fight, take on that? Fight is, uh, is a bit much too strange, but Kayakin and Sutovsky definitely had an exchange. And um, what happened... They were insulting each other, basically, no? Yeah, I think some weeks ago, um, there was, I think there is some some famous uh, Russian pranksters uh, who would um, pretend to be um, um, Russian, uh, sort of pretend to be some uh, politicians and get in touch with uh, uh, sort of pro-Western uh, persons or such. And uh, well, for instance, I think if it was them, uh, some years ago, they managed to contact and even get in touch with uh, the Danish Foreign Committee and had a talk for half a, uh, an hour, which was kind of embarrassing for, for, for Denmark in many ways. But, well, they spoke to Sutovsky and uh, made Sutovsky believe that uh, he was talking with, uh, I think, the Ukrainian sports minister. So they had a, a talk about uh, chess politics and, and, and such. And, uh, well, they were trying to get... Sutovsky to make uh, certain statements, uh, I think. And uh, well, for instance, what was interesting for me was Sutovsky was talking that he basically was the one himself initiating um, sanctions against uh, Russian teams could not play, uh, for instance, and also was saying uh, quite some hard things about Simonovsky, uh, which was at least. Uh, Quite interesting to me. So there's basically two versions that either when uh, Sutovsky talks with Ukrainians, he would be very hard on the Russian, or that Sutovsky has for a long time been very anti Simonovsky, which has been, well, Simonovsky is the owner of Simaland, who was sponsoring the candidates, who was sponsoring Gorashkina, who was sponsoring um, uh, Nepomniachtchi, uh, and so on. And uh, Simonovsky has never shied away from that. He's uh, extremely pro-Putin, that he has made, uh, his company has made videos about it, he was extremely pro-innovation of Crimea, etc. and such. He's basically, well, in line with the Kayakin's point of views, uh, as terrible as, as, as they are. And, uh, well, then this became a, a flat discussions about uh, Kayakin and Sutovsky on, um, on, on Twitter. Um, Kayakin has put the, the video out with English subtitles on his Telegram, but... Uh, I'm not gonna go go and look at the Kayakin's uh, Telegram, so that that I have not checked. Yeah, I'm done researching any of Kayakin's social media. It makes me too upset, so I'm not not really that interesting. Who he's debating, what with? No. Um, you didn't go to his Telegram, but you are quite uh, up to date, Peter, to what Sutovsky said. <laughs> no, no, this is... Uh, on, on that conversation, I mean, like, it's a bit weird, like yeah? Five, to... five tweets and such. No, I mean, uh, well, I have been... Well, Simonovsky and, and Simalan have been criticizing openly for, for quite a while that chess is associating themselves with and such. So this is some, something that uh, I, I, I follow. I mean... Well, Simalan was the sponsor of the candidates' tournament, but Simalan is a, a very controversial uh, company, in, in, in my opinion, that uh, chess shouldn't have been associated with at that time. All right, that brings us to this week's end of What's Wrong with FIDE this week, Peter. What else do we have on the agenda? 
Anish Giri, named an ambassador for the Play Magnus Group. Laurent, good news yeah. for Anish, for the group. What, what's happening? I don't know. Uh, it's a bit uh, unexpected, uh, uh, to say the, the least. Uh, but I like the, his statement. He will be nominated as... Uh, I make a spoiler alert, yeah? I like his statement, as usual. I have to find a reason every week to, nomi to, to nominate him as the Chicken of the Week. So he gave me a nice reason to uh, to do so. But uh, yeah, I don't know what, 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 exactly what to say. He gave uh, an interview, podcast interview. Did you did you listen to it, Peter? A bit, yeah. Well, I mean, Anis, uh, I think uh, in the chess world, uh, number of followers and rating is king, and uh, Arnis has quite some of uh, of both of it. So of course he's a very attractive uh, ambassador for for our company. I can very much understand that. For me, it's not very surprising. Yeah, clearly, I, and he did a lot of chessable uh, courses. I don't mm -hmm. know how many lifetime repertoire, but probably uh, three or something like that. Uh, so he was very much involved uh, already. Uh, with the group, and I don't know what's what 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 is he doing. I mean, like it's unclear to me what what he will do more than than now. I mean, yesterday I played a banter blitz with him, but I mean against him, I played the game. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know much. How did it go? Tell us all about the the game. I made a draw. Chicken chess club is there to. Ooh. Save it was it was Anish against Chess Twenty Four, so it was eight and a half half. So it's, it's always you 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 should make sure to have a member of the Chicken Chess Club in your team, just not to end up on on zero. That's great advice for World Championship matches. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, Peter, are you currently feuding with Anish? Is it a topic for another week? What's going on there? I think uh, it's an eternal topic. This uh, this podcast has already been quite a while, so maybe let's take it uh, another week. But uh, of course, I'm uh, there's always a bit of stuff uh, ongoing there with me. It's uh, if not, uh, it's a slumbering conflict. It'll, it, it's uh, it's not going to go well. Let's take it later. Yeah. All right, that's a tease for whenever. Then let's get to everybody's favorite category: tales from the training camps. Laurent, I'm a bit worried that some of my tales might sound like I'm trying to put you in a bad light. But as you know, that your interactions in, in training camps, they are one of the very few sources of joy in my life. So I hope you don't take any of those the wrong way. No, I know. I, I will take one thing. I know, yeah, like when, the food, uh, when some food is coming, uh, you always look at me and there is no bread. I'm very happy. I'm very happy what happens. Yeah, yeah no, I see your face is already uh, shining and you are looking at me. Very much so. <laughs> and you think the situation is incredibly funny uh, because yes. I'm going to ask something. Yes. And uh, it make, uh, no, I can feel it makes you, it's, it's, it's the highlight of your, of your day. During the very much so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to start there, but since you're no. mentioning it, sorry, go ahead, Pedro. No, no, I also want to, I, I mean, I have completely forgotten about it, but I'm getting back repressed memories of, of uh, the, the training camps in Krago, right? That, well, we'll sit in this uh, nice, uh, fancy Norwegian restaurant. There is uh, 
great ocean view o uh, over the fjords and such. It's uh, it's very beautiful. And uh, in, in true Norwegian style, of course, they're trying to make things healthy and such. So they are serving us bread basket with uh, black rye bread with different seeds and done in very nice things. And uh, Laurent will always look at them and complain and just say, well, I need to have my sort of, uh, you know, white bread and nothing more and they will not understand him but after a week they will get to it and just uh, serve it all the time but it's actually true i'm not sure they ever I'm adjusted not, to not, uh, please can i can i correct uh, peter because please. my favorite activity in this podcast i'm not complaining i'm asking politely if they have some different kind of bread i'm, I'm really sorry about that i'm not i'm not, I'm not complaining that's not all no, no, okay, that's fine. Court case, I would call in some witnesses here, but well, we have different <laughs> views. Yeah, I'm not sure they ever solved the sauce on the side controversy, which was almost as serious in Kragero as the white bread controversy. Because sometimes they would put the sauce on the food, and Laurent would insist every day, "Excuse me, can I, can I have the sauce on the side, please?" And sometimes they just it wouldn't happen. No. So he was always looking not forward to the weekends. And don't make the French accent, please. I mean, this is ah, I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> well, it wasn't the French accent. I was just trying to sound like you. Um... No, but it's also... <laughs> I, again, also, I have forgotten, but it comes back to me now. But it's not like he thinks that it's a minor mistake. It's basically like it's a cultural insult, right? I mean, it's... Uh, well, you can't do such. You cannot ruin a meal by not giving me the choice of putting the sauce how I would like and then doing quantities. And yeah, there's that. While we're... On the accent, obviously, I'm not gonna do it again, but I do recall there were some misunderstandings over the years also with some Thai waitresses when you asked one, excuse me, do you have white bread? And she misheard, she was a bit upset because she thought you had asked if she had white breasts, which would have been very inappropriate, but uh, it, all, it all got resolved amicably in the end. Or the other time when I think you... I mean, Which... let, let, let's keep, let's keep, let's keep on the next episode, no? So, so... No, and th there's so much more. Um, so, Peter, do you recall the the nude beach in Palanga? What happened to the nude beach in Palanga? I'm moving on from my great bread episodes. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. No, I cannot. <laughs> you can't get into it? Okay, then. I'll have to do it again. This is upsetting. Um, so we had two training camps in Palanga in Lithuania, one in 2018, the first one, and then another one in 2021. And in 2018, we, we stayed there at an Airbnb. And Peter, he has a flat like three kilometers away from the place where we stayed and worked. And usually he would just mute in it's, it's, mysterious ways in the forest. Yeah. No. But one day we would go for a nice walk. And Peter, Peter convinced us that you could walk all the way on the beach there. But there were some, some tricky parts because part of the beach where you have to walk on is um, an all-female nude beach. And Peter told us it's if, the way I recall it. It was, of course, a team decision. It's fine. It's fine to walk there <laughs> as long as you, as you just walk quickly and don't, don't look around. So we did that. But Laurent, you weren't you weren't that impressed with the nude beach, were you? No, I mean, we just I mean, like we just went through the nude beach. I mean, I, I don't see what's so special with that story, but apparently it's very funny and it became a topic 
well, in the team. Uh, very I, much so. I, even, I even get mocked about that by by, Hen- by Henrik, who was not there. <laughs> so I don't Both know what the story inside. Uh, when Peter is meeting the uh, Carson family, but he's apparently selling a nice toy, which, I mean, I, I don't know. Well, it's my local Please community, and you sort of, uh, well, I don't know, comment on everything and such, but I've told you to walk quickly. I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, well, it basically come to a fight with an elderly woman, if I remember correctly. But, yeah, yeah, she started yelling at us in in Lithuanian, so Peter yeah. Yeah. Peter had to calm the waters. Yeah, basically, yeah. we were all trying to walk by very quickly, half in the water, not look anywhere, but yeah, Laurent was, I think, less shy. Yeah. We'll blame it on his friend. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. I, I think this is just. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Okay. Um, it's not the way I recall things. <laughs> but again, I think we could call a number of witnesses again if need be. Uh, anyway. Okay, there is only two of you. So, oh, and, uh, there were other people, no? Was there? Was Daniel there? Or maybe Niels was there? Yeah, that's my, my hunch as well, right? On the beach? I don't think so. No, but Nils yeah. was not in uh, the Palang. Uh, oh, yeah, that's, that, that could was, be uh, true. The, the three of us and, uh, and Dubo was there. But, uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, well, the problem with this kind of tales of training camps that, well, I definitely also have stories to tell. But uh, Please. It's going to be about, you know, which opening should we play and this kind of stuff. That's also yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. No, if we are... Uh, Mocking Lorang, it's probably going to be the Saucy Song incident if I have to tell something. So yeah. if we have to get all the mockings out with Lorang. But, uh, I mean, well... I've forgotten about the Saucy Song incident. We, we should leave it for next week. I'll run out of Lorang yeah, food that's content what I'm a bit, eventually. Yeah, I'm afraid of in that sense. No, I think, uh, well, we have already done good stories here in, in a way. So I'm, I'm happy. I don't know if Lorang has... Uh, want to take some cheap shots, so... No, 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 it's fine, no. it's fine. I can, I can have, have some stories. I will think about it. I've, I've mainly stories about Hammer actually when he was, but it was a long time ago. So, um, mine is gonna include a frog, but uh, anyway, yeah. Wow. Oh, there's also some good pranks with with Sam. No, oh, we have a lot of. Ah, well, yeah, that yeah. is actually excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is good stuff. Yeah. All right. Stay tuned for next week. More tales from the training camps. Then, last on my list is the infamous... This is a category I don't like. It's the chicken of the week. Because I feel you guys perceive it as something negative. While I thought this show was the chicken chess club. Where all... Well, Laurent maybe less so. But I'm a very much a member of the chicken chess club. So to use others in a negative way and call them chicken of the week is rough to me. If, if I have to start... See, but I would have done exactly the same thing. The only incident I can think of is Le Kuang Lim in his last round game in the Champions Chess Tour against Jordan. He needed a win with the black pieces to, to win the event. And he played a long forcing line of the open Spanish where he's defend, defending some slightly worse endgame. And then my first instinct was, no, you can't do that. You would play. You should play E4, G6 or do whatever, try to win. And then I thought... I would play my repertoire 100% of the time too. <laughs> so Have it's a weak nominee because I can very much identify. Yeah. No, I I agree with you, but I understand the instincts and such. Uh, I mean, well, I think it's an excellent subject because 
we all, at least me and Jan, has these instincts very much so. I honestly don't know what uh, Fres, uh, but uh, I think Fres no, is just less, less good at forcing draws than we are, I would say. But uh, I mean, anyway, we have to nominate uh, people, right? Or Sure. Start with Jan? I just did. Oh, sorry. Okay, fair enough. Um, well, yeah, I, I actually have to nominate myself here also. Um, well, um, I have Doc talking about the, the Anish hack story, which would be it was quite big the last week and so, but uh, yeah, I'm a bit afraid of that. So I'm trying to postpone it. So I think I'll just nominate myself. Wow. It's also my natural instinct. So we're true members of the Chicken Chestnut, Peter. We can just nominate ourselves every week. The we will nominate Giri and we, we get it out of the way. I mean, we are just a Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm going to nominate Giri, yeah. That, that's for sure. Um, especially this week. Uh, because, yeah, I don't... You probably remember Peter, but... Um, a couple of years ago, he said that there's some PR from Team Magnus uh, because he's the main rival of, uh, of, of Magnus and he's the most dangerous contender and so on. And now he joined uh, playing Magnus Group, saying, "I'm honored. I'm just reading loud what he what he wrote. But I'm honored to work under the guidance of the icon of our sport, Magnus Carlsen. So if, if you are the main contender, I don't think this is a good thing to to say. We, I mean, I agree with what you say. I mean, like it's clear that the icon of our sport is is clearly uh, Magnus. But for main contender, I mean, it's uh, it feels a bit like if you can beat him." Uh, join him. I mean, like, uh, so I, I don't know. Uh, I, I will just uh, nominate Anish, as always. I think you're mixing up hypocrisy with the chickness here, but uh, well, I yeah, that might have been a little tongue in cheek. He's a businessman, like, uh, I'm sure it's a good deal man. for him. But, but uh, yeah, okay, surprising nomination from Laurent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. He has to stay silent for one week, and then I will be in, uh, completely desperate. Or maybe I will nominate him because he's silent. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> You'll find yeah. a way. Yeah, that would be that yeah. always a way. Whether it's a will. I'm sure he made some draw in Mind Games 2012 that you can revisit. That's all. All right, I'm I'm through with my list, guys. Any pressing topics that you feel need addressing? I mean, maybe we should, well, we should wish a lot of people good luck in these dangerous times, but uh, maybe especially Ivanchuk deserves a mention, right? Uh, I mean, uh, the, the poor guy was doing a, a chess stream video uh, about his game with Magnus when you can start hearing uh, air sirens in the background. And I think it's a, yeah. it's a good uh, remembrance as well that we are living in this uh, artificial chess world. Uh, real things is happening out there was much more serious and such. And uh, I think it's... Yes, it's true that the same, I mean, like, it's also, uh, very touching, uh, that video because it is, it's clear that he, he heard it and then he's hesitating for, for a minute. Mm-hmm. And then he keeps on looking at this game against uh, Magnus. He played a, a charity match. And, uh, yeah, that feels so, so unreal that, uh, well, yeah, let's, uh, let's hope that this, uh, will stop also. as soon I mean, as possible. Odessa has uh, a number of chess players, uh, I think, living and probably still living there and such, who's, who's getting bombed. So I think, uh, well, it wasn't supposed to end on a, on, a, on a sad note, but let's hope things improve. Well, it is the topic that dominates and should dominate everything no these days. So we'll end on that note. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Apologies for all the mean things that were said.
and see you on the next episode.